Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. Everyone knows that the curling delivery is the most important skill in our sport. In this episode, we talk about two important things to consider when it comes to teaching kids this skill. I've been a curling coach for more than 15 years, teaching the sport to beginners of all ages, shapes, and sizes. The first thing I teach any new curler is how to move safely on the ice. The next thing I teach them, how to throw a rock. Throwing a rock down the ice is arguably the most exciting, satisfying, and fun part of curling. Don't believe me? Just watch a group of full-grown adults get a rock and play for the first time. The same is true for kids. They see the rocks, and they see the circles on the ice, and, intuitively, they know what they want to do. So, our job as coaches is to get our students to be able to throw a rock as soon as possible. However, curling coaches have the uncanny ability to make simple things complicated. The goal seems simple. Throw the rock to the target with the right weight and the right turn. But sometimes it feels like there's a different method for every coach. Now, I'm not here to try and convince you of the best way to deliver a rock. I'm not here to debate the merits of the flatfoot slide, or using a backswing, or the Manitoba tuck. We could spend a whole episode on that topic, and there are plenty of resources out there that'll teach you the specific skills and drills for each of those methods. Instead, I'm going to ask you to consider two things when it comes to teaching the curling delivery to the kids in your Little Rocks program. The first is, keep it simple. If you're a kid in my Little Rocks program, you're going to know the phrase, Ready, Set, Go. Here's the story of how we came up with that slogan. In my first years as program coordinator, we didn't have a cute little phrase to describe the sequence of the curling delivery. We taught the basic positions and movements. And sometimes, we used the technical terms that we coaches used to describe them. Words like stance, park, and hip raise. Then I read a book called Getting Started in Curling. It wasn't written for curling coaches, but for elementary school teachers who wanted to teach the basics of the sport to their students. What caught my eye was that they gave the delivery sequence a name. On your mark, get set, go. It was short, sweet, and easy to remember. There were three steps. On your mark is the first step. The kid is crouched down in the hack, sitting on their heel, and balanced on both feet. Get set is the second step. The kid raises their hips, sometimes we use the words lift your bum, and then they move their slider foot behind the hack. The third and final step is go. The kid moves their sliding foot forward and fully extends their trailing leg behind them. That, in a nutshell, is on your mark, get set, go. 
and we immediately put it into our practice plans. After several years of using that phrase, I decided to change it slightly. I added a new step, so it became four steps. On your mark, get, set, go. I made get and set two different steps, with get being the hip raise and set being the movement of the slider foot back. But after a month or two of trying it this way, I realized that it was causing more confusion and a noticeable delay in the delivery motion. Side note, if you're a writer or performing artist, you probably know about the rule of threes. There's something about that number of items that's just satisfying. Any more, it's too many. Any fewer, it's not enough. So, I decided to return to three steps, with one final adjustment. Instead of on your mark, get set, go, I changed it to ready, set, go. Well, you might be asking, what was wrong with on your mark and get set? Well, to be fair, there isn't really anything wrong with them. But I wanted to minimize the processing time in the heads of my kids. By using ready and set, the cue was only one word instead of two or three. Why is it important to keep it simple, especially when teaching the delivery? Having a short phrase to help teach the delivery sequence means there are fewer things to remember for both coaches and kids. Using a short phrase also helps with diagnosis and correction. If I ask a kid to show me their ready position, in one word, they'll know exactly what stage of delivery I want to see. Or if I say something like, uh, get to your go position faster, they'll be able to process that suggestion faster and make the change to their final slide position. Not only is it faster if we simplify the process, but we save time too. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot of time is saved when uh, we reduce the phrase by a couple of words, but if we multiply that time by the hundreds of times we interact with our students during the season, the time and the mental bandwidth we can save can be used on plenty of other topics. So, the first thing to consider when you teach the delivery, keep it simple. The second is, be consistent. At the beginning of the episode, I told you I wasn't going to recommend a specific delivery method. However, no matter which one you choose, make sure you teach the same method to all your kids. In my program, that means all the kids, even the most experienced ones, know the basics of ready, set, go. Why is it important to be consistent? Let's be real. If you have different coaches from different backgrounds and different experience levels teaching your kids different ways to throw a rock, you're just going to drive yourself crazy trying to manage this. Not only will you have on-ice volunteers unsure about what to teach, but the kids will be confused too. For example, at a normal Sunday practice in my Little Rocks program, the first half is usually dedicated to skills and drills. Like many programs, we set up skill stations around the ice, and the kids will move between the stations to learn different skills. 
Imagine a kid at one station hearing something like, always make sure you have a flat foot. And then as soon as they move to the next station, they hear, "Eh, it's okay to be on your tippy toe. What on earth are they supposed to do? See, that's why it's super important that all your on-ice volunteers fully understand the delivery method that you're teaching. It's not good enough to gather your volunteers in the corner of the lounge five minutes before your first practice is set to begin so you can demonstrate the delivery on the carpet. Oh, and by the way, that's from personal experience because that's what I did one year. You have to plan ahead and you've got to take some action before your first practice. So, what can you do? Now, if you're lucky, you'll organize a preseason meeting of your volunteers, and if you're really lucky, you'll host it at the curling club, and the ice will already be installed. See, that way, you can show your volunteers in person the delivery method you're going to use that season. Now, if you can't meet in person, try sharing videos or handouts prior to your first practice. Curling Canada produces some general instruction videos for delivery, and they also produced short videos specifically for U12 curlers as part of their eight-week learn-to-curl program. In my case, Scottish Curling had a handout with photos of the three steps of Ready, Set, Go, which was, well, it's a Scottish handout called Ready, Steady, Go. But don't forget... It's not just showing them what your delivery method is. You have to make it clear why we have to teach that method to all the kids, that same one. We want to have a consistent message to them so it reduces confusion and it makes it far easier for them to learn. Now, once the season begins, there are a couple more things you can do to promote consistency. If you have enough volunteers, Make it a habit to pair experienced coaches with new ones. Your new volunteers will see how you teach the delivery method and they'll get immediate feedback from their coaching partner. Once in a while, you'll get some volunteers who decide to teach kids the method that they want to teach and not the one you want them taught. Now, they may be some of your older and more experienced coaches. There's no easy way to deal with this, but you do need to pull them aside and Repeat to them why it's important to have consistency across the program. Then we have to figure out why they're not teaching it. Maybe they were taught a certain way to throw a rock. Maybe they aren't totally familiar with the newer methods, like the no-lift delivery. The fact is, we can always do a better job of training our volunteers and giving them support. And the fact is, if they're volunteering... They really want to make a difference to your kids. The last thing I want to do is say no to a volunteer. But they do have to understand our program's expectations, especially before the season begins. Now, while it's important for the adults to be consistent, it's also important for the kids to be too. We want the kids themselves to take ownership of the delivery method. Once they get the basic delivery sequence down, you can get them to say those same words out loud as they deliver a rock. One kid can even say ready, set, go as another kid goes through the motions in the hack. Exception alert. Now, before I continue, I understand that despite our best efforts, 
there are going to be some kids who can throw a decent rock, but they don't have a slide that looks anything like what we taught them. I'm going to argue that we should still teach them the same method as the rest of our curlers, at least at the beginning. So hear me out. Okay, now back to the episode. Okay, what about the kids who end up with non-traditional slides, like a Manitoba tuck uh, or a slide that isn't flat-footed? Well, first, if a kid is new, we should always be encouraging them to learn our primary method. Let's give them the basics first. It's like someone trying to play jazz without practicing scales first. You need a grounding in the basics before you can move up and learn some of the non-traditional methods. Now, if a kid's been in our program for a while and they've naturally developed a non-traditional slide, listen, as long as the delivery works, we won't try to change them. However, we still insist that they know the basics of a ready-set-go delivery. And once in a while, we'll even ask them to demonstrate it for us. Now, why is that? Several episodes ago, we had John Benton on the podcast. He talked to us about the curling delivery method he developed, called the release point method. One of the big lessons we learned is that, as long as we understand the general principles of a good delivery, we don't have to be stuck to specific techniques. Like the release point method, the beauty of ready, set, go is that it can describe a series of physical movements for many different kinds of deliveries. So, what we're doing is teaching the kids a model of a good delivery. Even if they graduate from your program with the funkiest, weirdest slide, understanding the model of a good delivery will help them as they grow older and move up the competitive ladder. They're going to have these conversations about the delivery with their future coaches. So, let's give them the vocabulary and language to make those conversations easier. But they won't learn it unless we're consistent with our message. So, to recap today's lesson, no matter what method you use to teach the curling delivery, keep these two things in mind if you want to teach it effectively to kids. One, keep it simple. And two, be consistent. And here's the bonus. The beauty of this lesson is that it applies to everything you want to teach your kids. Sweeping, strategy, etiquette. Just keep it simple and be consistent. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.